Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Saturday, August the 5th, 2023, at 1.05 p.m. Central Time. Today's focus, talking about others. Now, I need you to be very honest with yourself. How much time in any given day do you spend talking about other people? You may be talking about, oh, did you hear about so-and-so and and what's going on in their relationship? Did you see so-and-so's kids and how they were misbehaving? Did you see what so-and-so was wearing? Did you, he looked really bad. Did you see her? Looks like she's put on a couple of pounds. How much time do you spend talking about other people? And how much of those things that you're talking about are either judgmental, they're gossip, they're slander, possibly bearing false witness? How much time do you spend talking about people that are famous, people you know, people you don't know, people you see, people you work with? Just how much time do you think you spend talking about other people? And all of that time, while you're talking about other people, do you think that that speech, that those words are glorifying to God? Do you think they're edifying? Do you think they build up? Do you think they're helpful? Do you think they're meaningful? And how many of those words do you think are nothing more than derogatory, hateful, mean, unpleasant, just, just they they don't bring God glory in any way, shape or form. They simply reveal the depravity in your heart. Now we, obviously we do know that we have a sinful nature and we can ju- cannot just magically change that depraved nature or eradicate it. It's going to be with us until we are glorified, but there's something we can do, right? And sometimes what we can do is simply say, I'm not going to say anything, right? Sometimes the thing that we can do is simply say, you know what? I'm going to do my very best not to talk about others. As much as possible, I'm not going to try to talk about other people. And if I get ready to talk about other people, maybe I'll, maybe I can just remind myself, whoa, 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 whoa. Before I talk about others, let me look at myself. I try to do that a lot of times here on this podcast. If you've noticed it, maybe you notice it, maybe you don't. But a lot of times... When we're dealing with a story about this pastor or this pastor or this pastor or this issue or this issue, I always try to take the issue and and not try to make it so much a personal thing and say, but let's look at ourselves. Let's look at ourselves. I mean, everyone's bashing this pastor, but instead of just using this story to bash the pastor because that's what everyone else is doing, they're gossiping, slandering, being derogatory. Let's take it and look at ourselves. How how does it apply to us? Remember, I, I said uh, when the uh, the podcast series began for the rise and fall of Mars Hill, put out by Christianity Today, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, which was a you know phenomenal podcast. You got everyone talking, and I think I expressed very early on that my fear is is that everybody would be like, "Ooh, I now know what happened behind the scenes in Mars Hill. Ooh, I know how bad Mark Driscoll really was. I knew I never believed in him anyway. I knew he was trash, and just talked. and And all everybody would do was use it to condemn everything that happened at Mars Hill. And I said, instead of doing that, let's take everything that we learn about Mars Hill and look at ourselves. Look at your church, my church, look at Christianity at large. But but no, so many people just wanted to use it to spend more time bashing Mark Driscoll instead of looking into the mirror. 
See, whenever we see or hear anything about other people, we can just use it to to talk and gossip and slander. Or we could say, whoa, what about me? What about me? What about me? But we love to talk about other people. It's like we cannot stop ourselves. Next time you go to work, just listen and hear how much of the conversation is about people. How much of it is about people? How much of it is about people? How much of it is about activities? And then how much is it really dealing with ideals, concepts, principles, something much deeper? We traffic in talking about, you know, activities and people. And and even when we talk about activities, we can't seem to get much deeper than, oh, I went and did this and it was fun. That was about it. I read this book. It was good. I listened to this music. It was like, we just can't seem to get below the surface. We traffic very surface level. And then a lot, not only do we traffic a surface, surface level, a lot of times what come comes out of our mouth. I mean, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication A lot of what comes out of our mouth is corrupt. A lot of what comes out of our mouth is damaging and hurtful and not glorifying to God. And we are called to glorify God even in our speech. Now we're going to fall short. Yes, our only hope is the gospel, but that doesn't mean we just keep (laughs) just letting whatever we want come out. Should we not be concerned with what comes, especially when it comes to talking about other people? Now, the reason we're talking about this on this Saturday, August the 5th, 2023, is this morning going into early afternoon. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of behind today. I got a lot of things to do today. I need to be doing sermon prep. And I was just kind of like, it's kind of scattered brain, just so many different things. Like I, I gotta, I need, I need to find something to focus on. And I opened up the Google podcast app just happens to be the podcast app I opened. And at the very top was the latest episode of the Lutheran Hour. Now, that's a podcast I think everyone should subscribe to. I started listening to the Lutheran Hour when I was a teenager. It came on every Sunday night, I believe at 10 p.m. It may have been 11 p.m. And I always loved it because like, okay, church is over for the day. Now it's kind of like, just kind of like winding down as I get ready for the new, you know, for the, for Monday and the week ahead of me. And I, like I could get that one last bit of spiritual nourishment before the, the end of Sunday, right? And it would be the Lutheran hour. And I don't, obviously, I don't agree with everything within Lutheranism. You know, I disagree with their view on infant baptism, but I subscribe to the Lutheran Hour podcast. You should subscribe to it. So I saw it. It just happened to be at the top of all of my new podcast episodes on the Google Podcast app. And I'm like, well, let's hit play. And I hit play. They had their intro. What they're doing for the month of August is they're, they're dipping into their archives. It's called Archive August, I believe is what they're calling it where they're going back into their older messages and playing different older messages throughout the month of August. I think that's really cool. That's kind of awesome. When you have a gigantic library, that's really cool to pull out old stuff. So I, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this one. This one, I think, was back in 2005. I'm, I'm, I, I've, I skipped all of the intro uh, content. I'm going to go right to when the message starts, and we're going to listen to just the first like two or three minutes, because I think you, I think you probably know right now why I'm getting ready to play this, because... Well, this is what sparked the whole focus for me today about talking about others. 
Let's see how they started the episode today. Again, from the Lutheran Hour podcast, subscribe to it on wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find it, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Tell me which podcast app you're using, and I will find it for you, okay? Here we go. This is from the Lutheran Hour. The episode dropped, I guess, this morning. It's when it showed up in my uh, Google podcast app. And, well, here we go. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. To a world that continues to discuss, debate, and dispute the Savior, the angel's announcement from the open tomb tells us God's glorious and gracious message. Jesus has conquered sin, death, and devil. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It has been a good many years since I heard a pastor profoundly say, Talking about people is a great sport. You can make up your own rules. You can play the game, and you can be the umpire, too. Wow, talking about other people is a great sport. You can make up your own rules. You can play the game. You can be the umpire. People love to talk. I think think for some people, talking about other people is a great sport. They love to do it. They can't stop themselves. Let's see what else he goes on to say. People like talking about other people. Sometimes they are flattering. Occasionally they're honest. But most often they seem to take delight in pointing out the failures and foibles, the sins and shortcomings of others. President Ulysses S. Grant once was on his way to attend a dinner reception being offered in his honor. As he went, it began to rain. Grant opened his umbrella. When he came across a stranger who seemed to be going the same way he was, he offered to share his umbrella with a man. As they walked, they talked about this and that, and eventually they discovered they were both going to the same banquet. It was then that the stranger confessed that he was only going to the dinner out of curiosity. Lowering his voice, the man said, Between us, I've always thought that President Grant was a much overrated man. To which the unrecognized president replied, That is my view also. We enjoy talking about others. When Sir Winston Churchill was reaching the end of his long public career, he attended an official state function, A few rows behind him, two people started whispering to each other. The first said, There's Churchill. I've been told he's failing badly. In sad tones, the second person agreed. I've heard the same thing, too. And they say he's becoming quite senile. Churchill leaned over to the two whispers and said, You know, ladies, I've heard those things about Churchill, too. And I've also heard he's going quite deaf. We like talking about people, don't we? And we don't like to get caught. Name a recent president, and most people have an opinion about him. We have opinions on the garbage collector, the children's teachers, the preacher in the pulpit, the auto mechanic, the next-door neighbor, and the checkout person at the grocery store. We have our opinions, and we're not afraid to say what we think. Unless, of course, we believe the individual we're talking about might overhear us. Or... An unfriendly ear is listening and is going to tell on us. After all, we don't want 
anybody to talk badly about us. Almost 500 years ago, Martin Luther said, It is a common evil plague that everyone prefers hearing evil to hearing good of his neighbor, and we cannot suffer that anyone should say anything bad about us. And there you have it. And that Luther was very much right. We can't seem to stop talking evil about others. We love to hear evil about others, but we don't like when someone speaks evil of us. We get offended. We get hurt. We get upset. But we can't seem to stop. Why can we not stop? Because we are depraved sinners. But this reality should condemn you. And you should say, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a woman of unclean lips. How much of your communication, how many words that you say are corrupt? And and sometimes we think corrupt communication is simply using cuss words, explicit language. Well, okay, I'm not going to cuss, but you can still be using corrupt communication and what you're saying about other people, the gossip, the slander, the tearing down, the derogatory, the judgmental, the arrogant, the prideful. How much of your communication is corrupt? Take your communication, put it to next to the holy God, and you should say, woe is me, I am undone, and realize you, oh, you have to have the gospel. But that doesn't mean you then just say, well, then I can say whatever I want. You should then seek to try to, I don't know, let's be more careful. So what I thought I would do for just a few minutes is let's let's look at some different things about gossip, slander, things that hopefully will add a little bit of, give you something to think about and to focus on and maybe a little bit of conviction because we all need it. Now, I have an article here entitled, What Does the Bible Say About Gossip and Slander? Here's a little bit of what they had to say. Gossip is an extremely dangerous sin. You may not, you may think nothing of sharing a juicy tidbit with friends over coffee. You may rationalize you're not hurting anyone. There are whole groups dedicated to gathering and sharing the gossip of the day. Yeah, they're sometimes referred to as prayer meetings, but, but, but I digress. I digress. That, that was me adding that. I'm sorry. I take that back. I take that back. Okay. Let me say that again. Let me read that again. Gossip is an extremely dangerous sin. I'd stop right there. I don't know if a lot of people think about the dangers of gossip and slander and bearing false witness because Christians seem to be addicted to it, right? We'll talk about anyone. We'll say anything about anyone. If if we're talking about the Democrats, we'll just say this and say that. And whether our information is true or false, we don't care. We just tear down. We destroy. We rip apart. Gossip is an extremely dangerous sin. You may think nothing of sharing a juicy tidbit with friends over coffee. You may rationalize you're not hurting anyone. There are whole groups dedicated to gathering and sharing the gossip of the day. And of course, I would add, if I was writing this, they are called the prayer meeting. Because I think a lot of times that's what we're, hey, I need you to pray for so-and-so. He's, you know, he's leaving his family. Or I need you to pray for so-and-so. He's struggling with alcohol. And you like you just tell it, you, you give everyone their first and last name. And then boom, you tell everyone what they're doing. Why? Why? You can't pray for them? You can't pray for them? You know the information. Why does anybody else need the information? 
What? Well, well, God, is God more likely to hear the prayer if three people are praying versus one person? How about some things you just don't share and you just pray about it? And if someone else knows about the situation, ask them to pray about it. Anyone else who doesn't know, stop spreading the information. Stop telling everyone. It's no one else's business. Love covers a multitude of sins. It, it, it's, you're not showing love by sharing ev- to everyone everyone else's failure, sins, and, and mistakes. The church is not immune to the practice of, oh, it's definitely not. Gossip has become associated with Christian churches in some circles. It's often given reason for people leaving the church. Oh, it's not just in some cases. The church is just as, as well, I always hate these Christian articles. They're always like, well, you know, in some ways, these things show up in the church as well. Everything in the world shows up in the church. Okay, it's just, can we just stop that nonsense? Like, no, 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 no. It, it's always there. We backstab, we lie, we gossip, we slander, we're judgmental, we're condemning, we're unloving. Corrupt communication is just, the only difference is we change the corrupt communication. We may try to spiritualize it, dress it up. We may not be dropping an F-bomb, but we do plenty of other things with our speech that hurt people. Yet God does not minimize or justify gossip and slander. God is clear. He despises them. He puts tail-bearing and character assassination in the same category as murder, hating God, and inventing evil. Would you hear that again? God puts tail-bearing and character assassination in the same category as murder, hating God and inventing evil. Now, Christians love to point out the sins of the world and like, look at what they're doing. They're disgusting. They're horrible. They're murderers. They hate God. And well, guess what? You may want to check the language coming out of your mouth because you may be placed in the same category because of your speech. James says your religion is worthless if you do not have a tight rein on your tongue. God promises to destroy those who slander their neighbor. Can God be any clearer on this issue? He really dislikes gossip and slander. And and gossip and slander and bearing false witness and tell-bearing and all of these things rarely gets the, the press we, we, we want to run around and talk about, oh, we got to talk about this movement and this and this. and But hey, when it comes to our mouth and what we say, we, we kind of just shrug our shoulders and go, come on, man. There's, there's a lot worse sins than that. This can be hard to digest. Isn't gossip just a victimless crime? Why does it matter so much? Jesus' greatest hope for his church is that Christians live in communion. This is a great there this is a greater unity than any worldly group could ever hope for. Jesus com- compares it with the bond he has with his father. He prays for his church that you would be one with your fellow Christians as he and the father are one. Now we can get into all the theological issues that arises from that considering how many thousands of denominations there are, but we we, we will continue. <laughs> 
Gossip and slander destroys the oneness. A loose tongue sows seed of division. The gossip and slander privately attacks their brothers and sisters. They murder reputations and ministries. They attack sheep. Jesus, they attack the very sheep Jesus paid for with his blood. They just do it privately and tend to think little of it. Gossip and slander are the opposite of loving. That They are Christianity without love. For more, and then they give a, an, another article to read. So they have a lot more here. And then they have 23 verses showing God's heart on gossip and slander. So let's read a number, a number of these. All right. Let's read a number of these. And I do think sometimes, again, as Christians, what we tend to do is we focus on certain sins. And then we say, look, I, I thank thee, God, that I'm not like those people. I don't do that. And I don't do that. And I don't do that because I'm a Christian and I have power to do the right thing. When we, we just ignore all the sins that we commit. But Christians are vicious with their words. And if they're, if they're not only vicious and private, just like, look how Christians talk on social media. I, I've, I've said before, I know it's a broken, well, I hate to say broken record since that's such a dated reference. It's a, it's a digital file that's stuck in a loop, okay? However you want to, to state it. I know I repeat this frequently, but all you have to do is turn on, say, something like American Family Radio. I say it all the time. You can listen to them online. You can download their app. And listen to their programming between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. They're bashing liberals, bashing this, bashing that. And they make their little, you know, little, they call them little names, the little derogatory comments and making fun of the vice president's laugh. And it's just making fun of maybe Joe Biden and his, you know, mental, mental uh, issues and how, you know, his cognitive health or however they would like to word it. And it's just it's just childish. It's bullying. It's ungodly. It's corrupt communication. And it sounds like maybe, you know, a Trump truth social post or back when Trump was on Twitter, it looks like the Trump Twitter feed. than it does Christians who are supposed to be speaking things that's in accordance with the word of God. But hey, as long as you use that kind of speech to bash the liberals or to bash the Democrats or to bash homosexuals or to bash those of the LGBTQ plus community, then it's okay. You can say whatever you want. But wait a minute. We're still told how to speak. So what, is, what does God have to say about some of this? Well, the first passage they give is Romans chapter 1, which I was like, Romans 1? So let's look at it. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. Let's look at Romans 1. And let's just write down some verses. And you can, do, you can you spend your own, own thing today. Because if you go to Romans chapter 1, um, a lot of people focus on things like this. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and received themselves that, that recompense of their error, which was meat. And people are like, yeah, let's condemn homosexuality. We've got, we're working. And they get mad and they get passionate and they get furious and they're going to condemn it and they're going to have righteous indignation. But does the text stop there? 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind and to those to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. Now that's that's sex typically viewed as sex before marriage. It can be it can just be referred to sexual immorality in general. That hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's heterosexual sin. That's heterosexual sexual sin. Right? Wait, you know, that would be pornography, lust. Yeah. We want to go point at the homosexuals. Maybe we want to point all the sexual immorality inside you, me, and the church, right? Uh, wickedness, covetousness. That doesn't get... Do you, when was the last time you heard Christians yelling and screaming about covetousness? Maliciousness full of envy. Hey, have you ever seen envy? See, envy, jealousy. You ever seen that in Christians? Envy and jealousy, have you? Come on, never, 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 never. We don't ever see that, right? Murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, whisperers. And then look at this, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil, thing, uh, evil things, disobedient to parents. There's a number of things there that would refer to gossip and slander. In fact, uh, I'm going to read this from uh, this from this article. And Romans 1, uh, 28 through 31. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do that what... To do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips and slanderers. They are gossip and slanderers. Now, in the very passage that condemns homosexuality, gossip and slander, tailbearer, Backbiting, depending on your uh, translation, whisperers, backbiters. It's mentioned in the same passage. How often are you involved in gossip and slander? How often? The next passage they have is Psalm 101. Psalm 101. Psalm 101, they have verse 5. Psalm 101, verse 5. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Hear that again. Those who privately slander his neighbor, I will cut off. You don't hear a lot about that. God hates the prideful. He hates the slanderer, as this translation has it in the article. Whosoever slandereth his neighbor secretly, I 
will destroy. Now, we got no problem talking about God will destroy the homosexual. God will destroy the unrighteous. God will destroy the those who kill babies and abortion. And God will destroy the slanderer. Oh, okay, wait, wait, no, no, no. Back that up, back that up, back up. No, 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 no. Come on now, come on now. That cannot be right. See, it's always so easy to point out the sins of everyone else. Your mouth. You love to talk about other people. You love to judge other people. You love to express your opinions about other people. In many cases, you're expressing things that are not even accurate. In many cases, you're bearing false witness. I have seen Christians say things about politicians or current events that involve other people. And when you tell them that was not true, they just kind of just move on. They don't care. You're like, well, no, you just literally bore false witness. You were literally slandering someone. You were literally lying. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. All right. Well, all right. Well, all right. But but you're still going to go around condemning everyone else. Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36. We read this. Matthew 12, 36. But I say unto you, this is Matthew 12, 36. I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, all of, we're going to be condemned, okay? Uh, so, this is why we need Christ. I mean, this is law passage that condemns you. This is why you need Christ. Your only hope is in Christ. But at the same time, even though you flee to Christ and you know, thank goodness, his words will justify me because his perfect holy words are imputed to me, to my account. His righteousness is imputed to me. But at the same time, you should then go, God hates the, these corrupt communication. Are your words pleasing to God? Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit. I wonder if the Holy Spirit there, we could really get into a textual argument. Is the Holy Spirit grieved here because of your com corrupt communication? How does your corrupt communication possibly grieve the Holy Spirit? We could get into a whole discussion here, but I do know this. We are told, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, only that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Are your words ministering grace? Are your words benefiting? Are your words building up? Or are your words corrupt and tear down and just, they're just ungodly? Now, in many cases, Christians don't care. They just don't care. 
I, I, I have always found it interesting. Now, I cannot say that this is a dogmatic thing that happens everywhere. I cannot say this. But I have seen at least small examples of this, small examples of this, that sometimes within the Reformed world, right? This is not was not true in the independent fundamental Baptist world, right? But in the more Reformed world, I found that people were much more like, just let explicit language fly. Just boom, boom. Just da, da, da. And like, it did not matter. Like, da, da, whatever. Like, hey, we're not, I'm not into legalism. You know, uh, okay, okay. And, and we're going to make sure everyone's theology is right. You better cross the T right and dot the I right. But then they would just throw out like explicit language. And sometimes you just kind of like, did I miss something somewhere? Did I miss something? I mean, I don't know. Is, is that, is that, is that what we're supposed to do? Now, again, that doesn't, pr- I'm not saying that proves salvation or calls into question salvation. Salvation is based off what Christ said, what Christ did, not what we say or do. But it should raise some questions as a Christian. Should we not do our best to not let corrupt communication come out of our mouth and to, and to say those things that would minister grace to the hearers? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, 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 you tell me. Obviously, God cares about what we say. This is how another translation has it. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may, may give grace to those who hear. Do you do more building or more tearing? Are you a construction worker or a demolition service? Do you build up or do you and bring down? Do you just destroy everything? Rip apart, hateful, mean, corrupt, tear down, judgmental, opinionated, ungodly. James chapter one. James chapter one. James 1, verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle, bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Should, just just question, our study of God's word, our listening to sermons, our belief in God, should it lead us to think differently about how we speak and motivate us to speak and try to bridle our tongue in a way that is more glorifying to God. Now, the real issue is not, now that this is very important. The re, now, it is important, obviously, not to say it, but the real issue is why do you have these feelings inside of hatred or anger or bitterness or or you want to slander, you want to bear false witness? Why are you filled with envy and jealousy and strife? Like, what is going on inside of you? The real issue is a heart issue. Let's always make sure it's not a tongue issue. It's a heart issue. Now, yes, we want to obviously not let that from the heart come flying out of the mouth, but we've got to, we got to try to, all right, ultimately the heart's never going to be fixed until glorification. We know that, but it, it should make us constantly aware, man, I've got a, some messed up stuff inside of me and I need to constantly be bringing it before God and saying, Lord, I've, I've got some problems here. Confessing it, acknowledging it reading the scriptures that speak about it. 
Titus chapter 3, verse 2. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. We read these words. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. Here we go. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. All right. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. All right, here we go. This is very important. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Now, this primarily is first is focused on governmental leaders. How do you speak of governmental leaders? I mean, when Christians mock the cognitive decline of Joe Biden, there's nothing godly about when Christian men sit there and talk some kind of trash because Joe Biden fumbled over his words or seemed to lose track of where he was or seemingly to have some kind of mental decline of some kind. And we mock it. We talk. You're not godly. You're definitely not manly. If you think that makes you a man, you're just like a schoolyard, schoolyard bully. And someone should actually stand up to you and call you out for being a jerk is what they should do. When we mock, maybe the vice president's laugh. Same thing about Trump. Now you got, I, I got no problem criticizing someone on a policy or something that they've done and you're speaking about the action, but when you just turn it into personal attacks, draw, making fun of Trump's skin color or his, hey, cause they call him the orange man or his hair or, you know, whatever the case may, you can go after what and he's lying. He's putting forth false information. He's doing this. He, he did like then. Okay. Now we're talking about, but. Leave it out when you talk like that. Speak evil of no man. You can speak evil of their beliefs. You can speak evil of their policy. You can condemn that. You have to be able to separate that. It's like, for example, Joel Osteen, right? I cannot stand Joel Osteen's preaching. Cannot stand it, right? I complete apostate. Now, do I sit there and... Now, and I've been guilty of doing it. I've been guilty of doing it. I know I've probably done it in some sermon. So let them, let's make this very clear. This is as much applicable to me as it is to you. That I try, you know, probably in a mocking way, you know, all right, uh, I can't even do it right now, but because I haven't listened to him in forever, but mimic his voice. There's nothing godly about that. Oh, it gets a laugh. It gets a laugh from the crowd, but it's not godly. It's not godly. Preachers will do that when they're mock, when they're going after someone's false teaching, they'll, they'll do so. It's, 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 it's horrible. Was it right for John MacArthur to tell Beth Moore she needs to, what, go home or whatever he said about her? Now, he could clearly criticize and say, I don't believe she should be teaching men in this capacity, this capacity. But does he need to tell her, like, go home? Like in some derogatory, like almost in a, like, hey, the, the woman belongs in the home. She shouldn't, you know, like, you know, like there's a way to say it. 
Now, 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 if you love the preacher and they're going after people you don't like, you, you almost cheer it on, tear them apart, be derogatory, mock them. <laughs> we la- we love it. I know. And then people will try to, people will go to scripture and go, well, look at the harsh things John the Baptist said, or look at the harsh things Jesus said of the Pharisees, or look at how Elijah marked the, mocked the, um, uh, the, uh, false prophets. You can find some scripture if if you want to, if you think that that's going to justify what you're doing, I guess you could try it. But I know there's all these scriptures about, well, speak evil of no man. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Let no corrupt communication. I mean, we're supposed to love our enemies. Now, obviously, whatever Jesus did, he's God. So when you become God, you probably can do the same thing. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Oh, there's so many scriptures here. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. A lying tongue. That would mean bearing false witness. Hands that shed an innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift uh, to returning mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Do you bear false witness? Do you say things about people that may not be accurate or true and you may be spreading misinformation? Do you sow discord by talking trash about people? I'll stop right there. There are so many scriptures on this topic. I've got 25 just right here. Or 23 just right here. I have 23. I have 23. 23. What I may do is I may grab these 23 and I may post them at theologycentral.net in the blog section. All right. I may grab these scriptures I don't know what translation they're using, but I just may grab the translation that they're using and post all 23 at theologycentral.net in the blog section. You can check it out here probably in about maybe 10, 15 minutes. Shouldn't take me long to get it posted. But that's what I want you to focus on today, talking about others. I don't, I don't know what you're doing right now, but at some point this broadcast is going to be over and you're going to start talking. You're going to start talking. Maybe you're going to walk into the kitchen. Your spouse is going to start talking to you and they may immediately start talking about other people. Your kids may start talking. They're going to immediately start talking about other people. Maybe. Don't worry. I'm not telling you to correct them. I just want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. And then I want you to say, woe is me. Not them. Not Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And ask yourself, do you talk about others? How is your speech? Do you slander? Do you gossip? Do you bear false witness? What do your words communicate? Do you let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth? Now, we should be convicted and condemned. Our hope is in Christ and the finished work that he accomplished on the cross and that his righteousness and holiness is imputed to me by faith alone. But that does not mean then I can just walk around saying whatever I want. We are called 
to speak differently. Now, the issue is the heart. So you got to always figure out why you're saying these things, why you want to say these things. But at the same time, we got to put a bridle on our tongue. Amen. News, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. Again, you can hear the audio that we played at the beginning uh, from the Lutheran Hour. Look for the Lutheran Hour podcast wherever you get your podcast. Look for today's episode. That, that audio is taken from the very like first minute of the episode. As soon as I heard it, I was like, I know what I'm going to be focusing on today. I'm going to be focusing on the words that I use because I cannot speak for you, but I can clearly confess before all of you, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. That is your today's focus for Saturday, August the 5th, 2023.